0: Well that's why referrals family. are so effective, right? Exactly. Because it's done. Exactly. It's like there, it's there's no fight. There's no haggling usually over price. It's just, "Yo, Jimmy told me I should call you. Yep. Wins as soon as you can get here." Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's just like you, you practice boom. that actually? That's
1: pretty good. <laughs> oh no, I got a
0: handful of them, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm going
1: to need a bomb drop on that one.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Service Monster Podcast. My name is Joe Kowalski, and I am your host today. Today, we're going to talk about some sales chops. Bring in Javi, our uh, main sales guy here. And man, we could talk about that for infinite item.
2: Yeah, I've heard you and Javi talk for uh, infinity at the end of the day. We could just grab
0: one little thing and just go. Um, But I'll try to keep us relevant to stuff that, you know, they'll use. I'm sure Javi's already taken this angle. So he's big on the it's about them, not us train. Right. So um, so we'll be bringing him in momentarily. But first, let's take care of some housekeeping. Adam, where are we at?
2: Well, we have an update on the horizon, but I think I'm going to wait for that for next week because I don't want to kind give of give out too soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think we'll just kind of dive right into smug. um First off, there was a note in here from Jordan, and talking about asking if there's a way to make the default a task uh, rather than a note, and really oh, want a default w- activity type. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You left out some words. Yep. Words. <laughs> words are good in the English language. Thank you. Joe. <laughs> um, yes. And so I thought it'd be kind of a good opportunity to explain kind of why the task operates differently, why there's some different notes there, and then whether or not that's something that you know we can look into. But it all started differently in five and it kind of came together over in six. So I just thought it'd be kind of a good time to take that moment to explain the differences between note, task, call, etc. Um, that's a, you just spraying that right I, on me. It's been in the notes.
0: I, I do know I don't read the notes <laughs> and this is a big, this is a big topic. Yes. Um, Yeah, you totally blew that up. All right, so let's rewind for a second. This is a great example of one of my many little failures where I over-engineered something and made it easy for us as engineers, but then made it a little more difficult on the user. So the general concept was, hey, these things, notes and call records and email records and activities essentially, They all have a lot of the same fields. So let's store them in one giant table called activities where it's easier to manage. And then through a geek term we call polymorphism, kind of change the screen as the different types. A note is just a note in five. And that made it really hard to explain. It was easy to maintain. The tech was solid, right? It worked. But from a user's point of view... It was kind of like the same screen that changed faces and made them confusing. So in six, what we did is we just said an activity is an activity is an activity. And the type just represents the type. There's no polymorphism at all. So you can actually put a note on the schedule. Fine, why not? What's the difference between a note and an activity or a task or whatever the different types we have? There's really not much to it. It's a categorization, it's a reporting mechanism. It gives you an idea of what happened or is going to happen you mark the note essentially as a call so you can think about it all as note and then we're giving it a little different flavor so now i understand what he means by most of the time i do task not note because i mean something from a process point of view to his company and i can sympathize with that one thing that i would like to start doing is making things sticky so when you open a note, if you change it to activity and you make all your changes and you hit save, the next time you open a note, maybe that's one of those fields that now it's stated as activity. Oh, that's interesting because then you can enter in a bunch of calls at one time, a bunch of activities at one time. And I mean, if you need to change it, you need to change it. Your luck of it being on the right one is one out of – what is it? Three or four? Yeah. So… um so things like that. I want to make things like that more sticky. Certain fields make sense, like a BCC field on an email list makes sense. That should be sticky. Like not just a setting somewhere. That's nice because you can go set it up. But, I mean, it remembers. It helps you out. So we need to do more of that. So, um, so rolling this all the way back, where we landed on in six, I think, is a solid piece of tech um, and a fairly – easy thing to explain it's a note that type just gives it a flavor and helps
2: you in your business process there is one extra thing though and that's with the technician app and that's where the question kind of sprung to is the only thing that really pulls through on that front page is a task that's right so
0: well and and then the idea there is in five a task was the only schedulable activity type right But when we took it as it was all the same thing in six, that means anything could be scheduled. Um, So then the question becomes, do you want more than a task to show up on the schedule within technician? And to be honest, this is kind of the first conversation we've had about it internally, which demonstrates to me it's not that big of a deal, the ROI and chasing that down might not be huge. Maybe I'm wrong and this is an opportunity for you SMUG users to jump in and rally together and say, please put notes on my technician schedule. More than happy to do so.
2: There you go. (laughs) Glad I sprung that on you. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) So the next one uh, came through from Bruno. You actually responded to this one in uh, SMUG itself, but he's asking about export drip campaigns. And while the whole process um, might be best to just show a video link, we don't have to obviously explain sure. the whole thing. But I think it'd just be one of those things that, you know, it we could briefly just kind of explain what an export campaign is, what it's for, and how the drip campaign kind of uses that process. So let's talk about it from a business point of view. So let's say I get
0: talked into doing a fax campaign from a third-party company. Or I'm just going to like send out faxes to commercial accounts, right? Well, I can set up a campaign that will then export a file. It's a, what's known as a CSV. Uh, it opens in Excel. It's a spreadsheet format. It represents raw data for your accounts that match the query or the filter or whatever the output was from. And that allows you to send that file to a third party and have them then load up the call script, load up the uh, direct mail campaign, print the labels for the postcards, um, you know, whatever third-party tasks you might do, email lists, right? If you're using, let's say, using MailChimp or vertical response or Constant Contact as your email provider, you would use these to keep your separate lists updated yep. within there. So the CRM actually divides the lists up, keeps your Current, current clients current and then um, uh, and then you just keep your lists updated that way and then you can of course you can go backwards although that's not as easy I won't even get into that can of worms <laughs> sorry I said anything
2: yeah um, I think it might be best if we just have a quick uh, video or, or, or article thing there but Bruno um, if you or anyone else is curious the main kind of change there is the file itself won't show up on the drip campaign screen it's going to show up where the transaction happens on the campaign screen are we emailing notification when it runs you know i think it does but it's been a while since i've actually run one okay so
0: can um, we check that and make sure that that's working correctly because ideally what it should do is you should come in the morning to your email and it should have some attachments so you can print out your labels and stuff, stamp and seal before you get on with your day. The way you don't have to dig down. Yeah. Yep. Either that or use fill my schedule and then we do all that crap for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one comes from Kevin, um, talking about taxing that invoice URL, um, that there was a bug going on and I'd, I really just wanted to kind of Mentioned this, that this is going to be fixed in that release. Right. So the release is the, it's coming up. Text. Notification goes out, provides
0: link to pay your invoice online. It's showing up with some... it's The link works, but it's showing up with some HTML around it. Yep. Uh, and that release is going... It's going in this next release, which should be released next week.
2: Yeah, it's either going to be next week or the week after, but okay. that's where...
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's some big things in uh, there. Yeah. And some pre- and beat pre big things that are hidden that only we will be able to see. So we can play with them in production and make sure they look cool. Very cool.
2: That's right. (laughs) And we will not be giving those links out. So don't even try. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You're going to get emailed that's happening. Um, thank you as always though, to our smug users. Uh, It was a little bit of a slow week, so there wasn't a whole lot else in there that I wanted to grab, but, uh, always thankful for you guys' collaboration. Um, for this week's deep dive, you already mentioned Javi, everyone already knows him, but I'm going to tag out, let Javi kind of sit in, why don't you just do another quick just introduction to Javi, and uh, I'll see you guys in the B-roll. Yeah. Javier Santana, this is where
0: you put the black magic woman. <laughs>
1: you brought
0: You can't have... You got to get on the mic
1: have the last name santana not know how to
0: how the santana How
1: a santana man that's
0: right yeah one of the greatest guitarists of all time
1: that's right he's got big hands too
0: he's right up there with jimmy right up there yeah right. oh yeah yeah he's yeah, th- still got, got a ways to get to jimmy know, but yeah. you got to stay on the mic there bro all right here we go <laughs> can you hear me right. so welcome javier we're gonna um talk about uh sales and um that's kind of where we're gonna focus. We can do it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and hours. so we have yeah, I'm yeah. hoping that you've brought some chops to focus on that's kind of about them how some tactics that we know that that from talking to hundreds of uh, service providers absolutely things that will help them, so I want to focus on that, but I also want to talk about uh, how you are a living embodiment of one of the things I talk about. Uh, when it comes to building a successful organization, Mm -hmm. finding rock stars early in their game, you know, you're, uh, you're, uh, an entrepreneur who's early in their journey Mm -hmm. and you decided to come work for service monster to see how all this shit works together. And so uh, building bricks. So talk a little bit about that experience, man, how you ended up here at service monster and kind of the sales flavor, but also that entrepreneurial journey and, and how you wound up. Yeah talking to these guys
1: yeah sure you know i uh, i moved to this town and that's where i started looking for jobs and um i was i don't know the corporate environment never seemed appealing to me but this is just different it still has that that startup feel to it uh where every decision like like will make an impact five ten years later and I want to be a part of something like that, that big, right? And uh, um, I I, th- I, think the biggest thing uh, that has been such a a mind rock for me, right, is like, wow, there's actually stuff going on, like, um, okay, well, I come into a software company to find out that our biggest competitor isn't a software company. It's pen and paper. We're, we're, we're talking about shifting the foundation of somebody's business, somebody's livelihood. And when people aren't like first first off, they don't want to be on the phone with you right like they they and their pen and paper work for them it's it's pen and paper they've they've done it for twenty thirty years or they handed it out to somebody else or they've they've worked their business part time for a couple of years now they're starting to take it seriously and uh they're jumping onto a software and it's 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 painful,
0: or they're only downloaded from the store that's right that's right.
1: That's right. And, or, because they've, that's all they know, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, But, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure, like, up to this point to understand their, their mindset on how you can solve that issue. And what I learned more than anything is that I have one of these and two of these. I'm pointing <laughs> at my mouth and ears. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I yeah, podcast, Right. And so <laughs> we have two, two, uh, ears and one mouth. And I feel like sometimes letting them just talk about their workflow process. Cause they're so proud of it. Cause they should be cause they're, they're crushing it. And versus trying to come in and, and, and save the day with your software features, right? you know, at the end of the day, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like going to the doctor, right? If you go to the doctor and and doctor says, well, do you have a sore throat? Because I have a sore throat. You should have a sore throat versus letting them listen or talk to you, letting your patient talk to you, uh, and then they do their whole prescription thing, right? It's the same exact thing. You had to let them diagnose themselves almost like, well, what's your problem here? Let me see if I can fix that for you. And sometimes I can't, you know,
0: so service monster on your entrepreneurial journey has not only given you access to what's going on inside service monster, but now because of B2B, you see all these,
1: the macro,
0: all these, every single owner operator trying to do their thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty good exposure. Right. So yeah. these guys, the sales game, um, and, and let's break this down for a second because I think people get confused between sales and marketing, and I just talk about it, right, because it's just second yeah. for me at this point. Marketing, like what Michael was here for, how do you capture attention? How do you focus on your core demographic? How do you bring them in in the form of leads? In the service world, your uh, your best... Attempt is going to be that phone call during work hours. Right. Right. And then answering the damn phone, mm-hmm. which, you know, I barked about before. <laughs> Answer, <it. laughs> Answer the phone. Um, and then, of course, if you have office staff, then great. Uh, and then also setting up lead capture on your website. We've we've said that before. And then it's the then what. So if you have lead mm-hmm. capture, you're doing good um engagement on social media. You're bringing in the occasional lead there. You're getting hit up on Messenger. Right. That's how I find service providers now. I've hired a rash of them and it's all through Facebook and Messenger and going on like Brit's list and groups and then linking to there and looking at their reviews and then clicking Messenger and be like, yo, what's up? Right. And then boom, here, phone call and I call them. And then now I have a p- two pipelines. I can either call them or message them. Easy. And it's so easy, yeah. It's
1: convenient for the for you,
0: right? So if you if you guys aren't even there yet, like that's something you need to work on. But that's all marketing. Right. That's all the marketing side. So it's the sales starts in two places. Number one, it's on the phone. Uh, either you called them from a lead, or they called you. You've got to connect with those individuals and find out what it is they want from your company, and then in the home. So there's two very different processes, two, two dances in this yeah. disco, and we've got to separate those two. And it's a different skill set, different mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is get the job booked. But you have to set proper expectations. I'm seeing a lack of this lately. People complaining pressure washers. This just seems to be a rash in the pressure washing industry. Now that the weather's getting better,
2: right.
0: dude will be like, "Come pressure wash my house," and be like, "Here's your estimate, a thousand dollars." Holy <laughs> shit, that dude did it for a hundred bucks. Call yeah. that dude. Yeah, yeah, he's not around no more. I wonder why. Right, right. But um, expectations. I, you know, somebody saying, "I, I won't pay this seven hundred dollars." This is crazy. Arguing after the work. Exactly. Obviously, expectations were not managed properly. Absolutely. So then you've got the booking, right? Go and do the estimate or do some of the work. And then you've got the in-home estimate sales process or upsells process, right. Right. right? So what have you picked up? Things that we can talk about. Um, and I know you read too. So, you know, we can talk about some books or whatever.
1: Readers are leaders.
0: Yeah. I um, mean, these guys don't really read, right? But oh, they do. Listen to I Right, me too. That. Right. Uh, <laughs> audacity <laughs> yep. all the way. Exactly. Right. Um, no, not Audacity. That's the editing software. Um, thank Audible. Thank you, Audible. Justin. Yeah, there it is. The media See, guy. we don't read, obviously. Audible. We just, no. We just download we push the, the app button. and we click the yellow That's app. It. That's it. Push the button. <laughs> so um, you're talking to these guys all the time. I, and I love this because you can, and I haven't figured it out, but I think there's like 12 categories you could put our. Prospects coming in, generalized buckets. Yeah. Right, you got the type A accountant personality. Oh, you see those coming from a mile away. Yeah. yeah, all the T's and all the eyes and QuickBooks is a big deal, yeah. right? Yep. And then you've got one of my favorite flavors is the sales guy, who, mm. yeah, cleaning whatever, selling. Yeah, that's the business I'm building. Uh, Michael um, Hampton. Is like this, right? He's got mm. a two million dollar business. He's taking over the entire Eastern Seaboard hotel wow. chains. He's like, he's killing it because he's all about the sale, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. They learn how to clean, and yeah, they do a decent job, but he's not going to get in a fight with Mikey over getting olefin clean,
1: exactly. Right? Yeah. He
0: doesn't go that deep.
1: Doesn't care. No.
0: Yeah. Um. So he cares about the business model, exactly. and and sales solves all. Mm -hmm. and so that's where his mindset is so you talk to these guys what are some of those sales guys winning at what are some things that you've heard that that talked about that you can give these guys advice for on that phone getting that call getting that hooked up how do you book that job cleanly and set the expectation
1: yeah that makes a ton of sense well well, first off if being in a situation where uh somebody says oh wow i'm offended a thousand bucks for this like are you kidding me the guy down the road did it for like a hundred last year uh you see like that's having knowing what to say and how to say it i think is sometimes um handling those objections and knowing that you know it's it's gonna it's gonna be always the same thing it's too much time you know or, or too much money you know, it costs too much. I need to talk to the spouse. All those objections. As long as you know them out in the field and you know how to respond to them, you're you're good. Your right? book of objections. Exactly. Yeah. Just study those every day. I should I should be able to wake you up in the cold sweat of of of, of your of your sleep at three a.m. and say, Joe, it's too much money. But that's three hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. And then you should be able to just say it, you're like, yeah, it's three hundred dollars an hour. But you have to realize I did I I worked this for thirty years.
0: It didn't take me an hour to learn this. You're not paying me the hourly wage. No. You're paying me the value I provide and the expertise to give you this quality level of service. Exactly. Go to your dentist and say the exact same yeah, thing. That's right. Right. <laughs> totally. Tooth
1: extraction. You know what? What is that? It takes like half an hour. Uh, but I, I Back think
0: office dentistry coming into your area. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 15 bucks an hour I'm all over that uh, that's right man that's why people go to Mexico for that stuff That's right <laughs> oh god but uh but, but I, I think um, setting the expectation is is, is, is major um, always you know uh, you're you're solving you're solving your problem you're you're there you know from the phone call the minute you pick up the phone call um, you're listening to your customer um,
0: so solving the problem, like that's the biggest, that's, that's because they're not going to call you when they don't have a problem.
1: Exactly. They're yeah. not, they're not going to call you, like, okay, it's, it's, you have to have that great customer service, of course. Right. But if you don't solve their problem, you can be the nicest guy in the world. They're not calling you to be their friend. They're, they're calling you to get the, their, their issue handled. That's right. And if you're not the most, you know, if you're not the cheapest guy in town, like, it, it's not a bad thing. It's okay to have.
0: Well, it depends on your target demographic too, right? Absolutely, yeah. So this, this is where marketing and sales kind of collide. Let's go over a couple scenarios here that I've seen from a data point of view over the years. We'll take a company that has a, a decent marketing response. So they're managing their uh, and measuring their responses. And the responses in a couple campaigns are super good. But their close ratios are super low. They're not really booking any jobs off of it. Lots of leads coming in, not a booked job. What does that tell me? It tells me the expectations that the ads or the, you know, whatever the leads that were coming in, the lead sheets that brought them in, mm-hmm. didn't set the expectation properly. And so the agents weren't able to close the deal because once the expectations were then revealed, right. the fish got away. Right. You can see the inverse where you have, you know, not a great prospecting effort, but they're producing a certain number of leads, Mm -hmm. but you're closing 50% of those leads. It's pretty good. That's a pretty good number. Yeah. I mean, 25%, you know, I would say that's
1: great. 25% is
0: great. Like, yeah, I mean, well, we kill it here. So we won't even talk about our numbers, but but it's, it's this slow drip lead thing though, right? Because it's getting people off paper and it's, you know overcoming some of the mobile challenges that we have right now wait till we release that though that's a whole freaking ridiculously (laughs) (laughs) net hook lands dude um we'll have less competitors than we do today that's right (laughs) um so you know i i want them to kind of feel like the problem that they solve is the paramount Crux. They're not gonna call you if they don't have a problem. Yeah. And you've gotta really focus on how you're gonna provide value by solving that problem. Yeah. And that's what and that's what you should focus on. Like not the how long you've been there. Maid services do this a lot. I'm getting more into maid service groups and kinda helping them out. And man, trading dollars for hours is like the core mentality there. And trying and you can see the bigger players don't have it. It's not it's not they're running a business. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to overcome, but being able to stand up to that person and and say, look, this is, you have a problem. I have the expertise. You're going to be able to trust me and I do quality work. Trust. Done. Trust. Yep.
1: Man, that is, that's key. And there's no book on how to, sure, how to win friends and influence people, right? Right. But but you just have to go learn how to build that with people. You're not going to have a three step to everything, right? Uh, Learning how to build trust. Like, people will listen to you if they like you, but they'll give you their money if they trust you. That's right. And building that trust is, um, I think, that's, 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 that's business. Business isn't numbers. It's not statistics. It's not all these, you know, KPIs. Business is people, right? Always
0: comes down to people.
1: Always comes down to people. So every interaction... Everybody in your company, from from the CEO to the guy doing the you know, pushing the wand or or uh, moving around a squeegee on the window needs to always be selling no matter what, whether if you're selling value, if you're upselling, whatever the case is, selling them on the fact that they made the right decision and they're going to continue to make the right decision that they call. If, if you call us again, uh, I don't care if you say, well, you know, well, I'm not a salesperson, or whatever the case is. Like, yeah, you are. Stop selling me on the fact that you're not a salesperson. That's right. <laughs> and uh, if you have that mentality in in your company that you're always selling, no matter what, um, then then you're then you're good because then it, it's one step. Like it's always a drip. It's always a uh, a way to kind of showcase whatever it is that you're trying to to, to solve. And you're giving your, your, how would I say, you're giving your customers reasons to brag about your service to their friends. And the more you can do that, the more your company establishes that, like, trust with, with that person. and then Well, that's why referrals
0: family. are so effective, right? Exactly. Because it's done. Exactly. It's like there, it's, there's no fight. There's no haggling usually over price. It's just, yo, Jimmy told me I should call you. wins as soon as you can get here. Yeah, right? <laughs> and it's just like, you,
1: you practice boom. that actually? that's pretty good. Oh no, i got a
0: handful of them man. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Dang. laughs>
1: gonna need a bomb drop on that one.
0: <laughs> anyway, no, yeah, so trust. Um, solve their problem. Get their trust. Now, again, there's a million different ways to do this. uh, But you don't want to do it. You don't want to try to establish trust while you're selling them. That's the worst time. Right. Oh, my God. Because they already have their guard up, right? Yeah. And and you're not looking to jab or hook. You're looking to have a handshake. Yeah. And they're all like, what's up, bitch? Yeah. And, you know, no, that's not how you – no. It's a long-term game. So how we break that barrier – is we produce giant amounts of content that give business stuff away for free. right? Um, and then you listen and you go, oh, yeah, that, that Joe sounds like he kind of knows what he's talking about. And they did process a half a billion dollars in invoices last year. And yeah, I've never caught him in a line. He's been live on social for three years, like at 100%. And yeah. The people that work for him seem to kind of like the company and what they're doing and their customers are pretty freaking cool. And then bring, bring, yo, Javi, what's up? And you're like, are you ready to go or what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, how can we solve your problem? What problems are you having right
1: now? Exactly. They're like halfway there by the time the phone rings. That's right. And, and when they're not, they're at least receptive to to hearing it. Yeah.
0: Because most of the time they've seen this on social, like not right. all the time, but. And, and when they don't, it's always that referral that you were talking that's about. So and so told me to call you. Ice broken.
1: They 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 op, my 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 mantra whatever the case is they operate a massive business with Service Monster. I look up to them. I'm going to try to copy and emulate what they're doing. Maybe I'll end up around the same place. So I'm just going to do this and figure it out as I go. Yeah. You, you know because, you know you don't have to be you know great to get started. You just have to get started.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean you know that's a whole you should have a quality CRM on day one discussion, but yeah, this is about them not us. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So so um, so
1: what what can they do as far as like quality content to to do to gain that trust yeah, gain that so they trust. can
0: be an authority figure, right? Right. Um they can put out quality looking you know before and afters. There's a whole marketing podcast That's we so did satisfying. a couple uh weeks ago. So that'd be one to check out, right? That Michael and I talk a lot about Instagram. There's a whole segment in there about curating content and what to look for. Because it's like, how many before and afters can I do, Joe? And my answer is always, as many as they'll let you get away with. Yes. As many as they'll keep clicking likes and paying attention to you with. Answer is yes. Just pour it on. Now, if it sucks, the market will let you know. No one will engage with it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And the ones that they engage and you start learning. Like, what do you like? Oh, they like it when we do that. Okay, more of that. Exactly. The market will tell you, right? 100%. Uh, And social tells you quick. It's like an echo chamber. So it's pretty spiral. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So uh, what else can we? So, right. uh, Solving the problem, establishing trust, Mm -hmm. content creation ahead of time helps with that if you're doing, you know, if you're consistent. Because consistency is a tool that helps build trust pretty quickly. Right. There's even a tactic that was taught, um, you know, about um, sending letters. You send three letters. And this works. You know, I think Joe Polish has a model off this 3 letter. I don't know if he has this tactic in it, though. Hmm. And it goes, look, you send the first letter and you say, hey, I'm going to be sending you a couple letters over the next couple weeks where we're going to touch on this topic.
1: Setting our expectations.
0: Then the second letter comes out and reminds them, remember when we sent you the first letter and we said we we're going to send you a couple more? This is the second one in the series. And uh, we'll be sending you a third one after this. And hmm. just that alone helps to establish. Well, they're consistent. They they did what they said they were going to do over a period of time. Hmm. And so many people fail on consistency. That's crucial.
1: How you do anything is how or you do follow everything. Follow up.
0: Totally. So that whole process helps to establish trust too. So you can use stuff like that. Blog posts that do that. Email, uh, you know, email, mass emails that do that. Yep. So you can. You can work it, but it is a long game. Yeah. Right.
1: It is a very long game. There's no shortcut to it. If you wanna if you want a shortcut, go buy a lotto ticket. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh and then I would also say that when you're shopping in towards the higher end of the value market, not just the higher end market, but the higher end of the value market and then moving into the higher end market, the dance of negotiation and price shock just kind of goes away. It does. So then you have the conversation is how quickly can you come and do it? Do I already trust that you're going to do an excellent job? Are you mm-hmm. worth the extra, you know, ducats I'm willing to throw at this? Mm-hmm. Um, and to a handful of people, there's a, there's a demographic out there. The answer to that question is, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> It's like 30 bucks an hour or 60 bucks an hour. I'm not losing sleep over it either way. Right. Right. And and to a lot of people, that's a huge difference, right? $500 a day to a contractor is, you know, a lot of money. But if they're solving your problem. Exactly. Then you're rolling with it. You don't have to do it. That's right. Saves you a lot of time,
1: focus, and and energy. I mean, right.
0: So going after those higher tickets, but then what does it take to get there, right? That trust level. It takes trust. Right. But
1: you're always looking to recruit up, right? Like uh, if you're. If you're in the wrong demographic um you referrals if you do good work you're going to get referred up if you do bad work you're going to get referred down <laughs> or not referred or well. not
0: referred at all yeah. <laughs> yeah so so um but you know if you're not if you if you feel trapped you have this demo my my town doesn't blah, 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 and all those because excuses. Because my town's
1: different. and Right.
0: It's- or, hey, I'm running a successful operation. I'm hitting the value market. That's kind of the blue ocean. Uh, my competitors can't do it because we we can do it cheaper. Like, I'm all cool. Like, if your margins are good and that's your business model, awesome. You just have to, you know, your sales chops are just going to have to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Then again, it's a numbers game, right? Door knocking—you can't cold call anymore. Don't do that. Mm. That doesn't build trust. Mm-mm. Door knocking, though, leaving flyers, that kind of stuff, help drum up business. Again, that's more on the marketing side to bring in those leads. Yeah. But then being quick to follow up on the lead. So solve their problem. Do it quickly. Gain trust.
1: And gain trust. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And that's you can't, it. Can't can't focus on that more. Uh, I mean, that that. When when you said that man, that's like, I you're going into people's spaces. man. No kidding. Like like their their best friends don't even go in there. Yep. And or the backyard. That's like right. That. They're, they're not master home. bedroom. Exactly. Yeah,
0: where you hide all the bodies. All the
1: bodies, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that trust is 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 key, and you just gotta be a good person. To I mean, you can't teach that. Kindness is gangster. That's right? true. So
0: yeah. 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 So if you suck as a person, you probably shouldn't own a service business and or find a salesperson who can take that role. Right. Right. <laughs> if, if people get creepy <laughs> vibes from you for whatever reason, you're probably not going to be selling. Yeah, shit. Yeah,
1: we we can't help you. Yep.
0: You know, but you know, uh, if you're if you're charismatic, and you your shirt's clean, and you don't smell smell like cigarettes or smell like pot or smell like bo. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you have to like smell like fifty cent or anything mm-hmm. like that got pores on the cologne, right. but like you know, just be presentable. Exactly, have your teeth and they're clean. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so, I mean,
1: some people haven't smelled since like Nixon was an office. Smell, <laughs> like, just right. just smile. I don't care if you
0: have no teeth. Yep. Like decent haircut, right? Yeah, It's like don't like don't display the neck tattoos proudly. Yep, yep. Right, <laughs> and and smile and be positive. that's and so. Massive. I want to focus on that positivity Mm -hmm. because you can be a decent salesperson. You can gain the trust through authenticity, but you can also be like that. Yeah, man, I hear you. Life sucks. Mm -hmm. Let's get you scheduled so we can take care of this problem for you. Like no energy saying all the right things, but just like. It's how you say it. Totally. And again, smile can be heard over the phone. It can yeah, it, I say it, it again. And that's can. the first time we said it in this podcast. I'll say it again so that it's relevant. A smile can be heard over the telephone. Oh
1: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the story of uh you know being pessimistic versus op- optimistic, right? Um uh, family with two boys, they're identical twins. One's super pessimistic, one's very optimistic. And the parents kind of get together like, okay, let's try to make the pessimistic optimistic and vice versa. So they buy a pony, and in one of the kids' rooms, they put that pony in there into the pessimistic um, kid's bedroom. Right, he walks in there, and uh, like, oh man, there's there's a there's a pony in here. It, it sucks. Like it's 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 pooping everywhere, and like it smells bad. it's gonna kick me and all these things. And 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 then the the, the little optimistic boy goes into his room, and there's a bunch of horse crap in there, just everywhere, just covered in poop, man. And and he's like, the parents walk in there, he's covered in poop. He's like digging around everywhere. And like, what are you doing, boy? Like, what's going on? Well, with all this horse crap in here, there's bound to be a pony around here somewhere. <laughs> like, it's always trying to find the, 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 the positive, uh, you know, thing in something that you can't control, right? Like, if you break down the word responsibility, it's the ability to respond to those outside circumstances, whether if it's a bad customer or you, you had somebody cut you off in traffic and you uh, you pick up the phone the next second and, and you know, Joe's cleaning services is, you know, they write a bad review about you because you had a bad day. Like, don't let that affect you. Like, I always find that positive um, Thing in any circumstance, right? Like, um, that goes a lot further, whether if you gain somebody's business or not. They're going to remember that. Leave them better than how you found them.
0: Yeah. Positivity. Just yeah. being positive, rolling with the punches and adapting, smiling and being positive. That's right. Fight with your girlfriend in the morning. That's fine. Leave that shit alone. When you walk into Mrs. Jones' house, you smile. That's right. Bottom line be positive or find salespeople. That are positive
1: that's the beautiful thing about business right you can recruit what you're not that's right and you know and
0: in school that's called cheating right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so uh then they're in the home right they got the estimate they booked the job over the phone now they come into mrs jones home so you got two flavors here of course the estimate game right the proposal uh and then the other one is I'm here to do some work and, oh, by the way, we have these additional products and services. Yeah, And again, I think these are two different conversations, right? Yeah. Two different goals, two different sets of where the phone was. Hopefully you've got some trust established already. You find out where they heard about you. You're positive and smiley. You have that. You start to work on the trust if you didn't have it before. Yep. Um, being an authority and making sure that you listen more than you talk. Yeah. Uh, and man, well, there's one more little piece in there, but you know, well, go, well, go well, back. I think and also
1: like asking the right questions, right?
0: Yeah. Asking the right question is is
1: way better than a thousand good answers. Well, it
0: goes with being a good listener. That's right. So yeah, ask the right question and then shut up and let them tell you. And then you can even use techniques like shadowing. Where you repeat the last three or four words that they said in order for them to continue on and explain more mm-hmm. feeling like they've been listened to. And then also getting confirmation yes. that, you know, uh, and then, you know, summarizing, uh, what it is you think you've heard. What I've heard Mrs. Jones is that, you know, you need somebody to take care of these windows for you. Uh, you don't want it to be a hassle. You don't want your plants to get killed. Uh, right. And you're just reiterating what she's man alive that she's going to be like, they listen so good. Yeah, those people are so great. They care about me. Right. Yeah. So, so in the estimate, that's a big part of the estimate, right? Because now it's kind of like that sales conversation, but you're face to face. So, being clean and being respectful, that's going to help to establish the trust. Mm-hmm. Being knowledgeable and educating them, coming at them with the heart of a teacher, dang, opening yourself up to their questions using those sh- those shadow techniques and then also reiterating what they said
1: if, if you were to do all that like there's and, and you don't gain their business like
0: something was up yeah yeah like, like well it, assuming that you can pull those things off it, yeah absolutely right, <laughs> right in a perfect world I just <laughs> I, I just, I just, just gave you a, a stack of lasagna that I mean we could unpack it might take us an hour yeah. you might want to listen to that little run like five or six times but right. you know um, it's a big deal. Yeah, exactly. I think that that would help close almost every single deal that the right client.
1: The right client.
0: Because if you come in and you're, you know, uh, you're pitching to a low end market and your prices are geared towards high end and your your trucks are super shiny and you know your gears top notch and your people know to wear booties in the home and mm-hmm. you know you have uh, materials that educate your client and you know how to I mean you're just like primo service right yeah. and you're like a thousand bucks and they're like what the hell yeah you're not gonna land that yeah yeah, yeah. I, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter how smooth you are. yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter how long you hold their hand on the handshake it's it's the uh...
1: <laughs> ocean's 12 yep <laughs> yeah but um but yeah that that finding that right client for for uh that ticket Average that you want to be
0: at—that's right. That's crucial. Yeah, but you know, driving up and then having that first little bit of conversation, like where they're at. If they're talking about price, and they're concerned about how much an hour they're going to pay you, mm-hmm. and they're talking about how what what if we cut this and don't do that, mm-hmm. you know, then then you're in the pricing game. And if that's where your game is, great. You just know how to play that. Mm-hmm. And we certainly can, you know, talk about getting those deals to packages. Offering them multiple levels of service so that the less, you know, people and they don't want to feel cheap, so they'll usually graduate towards the middle package. Yeah, so you yeah. play you that wanna, kind of game. You know,
1: good, better, best. Yep. Um, you know, people are going to automatically, you know, go to- towards the average one. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No. You can definitely find, you know, somebody calls you for roof cleaning or something. Right. You go and do an assessment of the property. You clean a roof while you're up there. You see the gutters are clogged up and driveways messed up too. You're giving them option. That's right for a better deal.
0: Well, I think that's what um, one thing I like to kind of coach is this concept of an inspection. Mm-hmm. It's not an estimate, and you can do this if you already have a work order. Right. So, so this is kind of your, you know, I'm a professional. I'm going to come in and I'm going to assess the entire property. I'm going to look at areas of concern Mm -hmm. like a mechanic would, right? And say, look, dude, you really need to take care of this now. Or you've got maybe 5,000 miles before you start thinking about this. What, what,
1: What kind of mechanic would just do the work that you think is wrong?
0: When they know that there's something else, especially if it's safety, right? Exactly. So, um, so you can then present them with, a, look, I've done an inspection. Looks like you want us to do these items. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, I would strongly encourage these, and we can talk about what those mean. Um, I would encourage you to either get these done now while we're here. Or think about maybe having us back out in six months. So doing some of these other things that I noticed that we can help you with. Exactly. And then here's a handful of optional things that you know people are, are um, they like to do. When they get services like this. Exactly. Uh, And then let message Jones simmer on that for a minute. You don't even have to push it. It doesn't need to be the gold chain snake oil salesman. Nope. Um, But, you know, making sure they're aware of all the options. Exactly. I think that's a very powerful tool. If you do it right, you don't have to sell it. No.
1: Like they they will just be receptive to it. If you
0: come at it from the heart of a teacher, Mm -hmm. I'm educating you on the value that the company can bring you in addition to what you already know. That's right. Whether you use a service is completely irrelevant to me. I would love to provide you with as much value as I can. Boom. Right. Yeah. If the value is come here, do a work for half an hour and get out so I can get on with my life, then we're in and out in a half an hour.
1: And never call you again.
0: Or like, they will. Or, they or they'll will. call you next week and have you
1: do that $1,000 job. Exactly. Right. Well, well, yeah. Well, what I meant was like... um Without, Skirting without away getting, from the minimum with, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The minimum like, job. If if you at least try and give that assessment and show that you care, yep. but just do the work that they initially called you for, knock it out in 30 minutes, say, hey, I'm going to leave you this for the future. That's right. I'm still going to uphold it if you ever want to call me again. Right. I'll follow up with you in six months and you do what you say. Yep.
0: That's different. Huge.
1: But if you just go in, get your money, get out.
0: Transactional.
1: Transactional. Like,
0: there's no value add there. Yeah. And they may enjoy it if you do a good job, right? They may be like, oh, you know, really clean, really fresh, really shiny. My plants aren't dead. My squirrel's not dead. Like, everything's good. (laughs) Yeah. My cat's still around. My cat's. Yeah. Uh, Then, uh, then, yeah. Then cool. Then, and they, you know and then if you have a good client retention strategy, then it's likely that they'll use you again exactly. no no surprises right and,
1: and that, but that's where
0: let's go above and beyond a little bit yeah because mediocre is so you know mediocre yeah exactly although mediocre is a really low bar show up on time answer your phone do what you say you're gonna do care about your service fix anything that happens from your client's point of view listen to their concerns. If you just do those basic things, you're so already basic. a rock star. It, it's
1: like it's like common sense. joke, but like common sense ain't so common. Yeah. You know, it's like if you just do that, and it just seems so simple. There's no, there's no like magic phrase you can say to your customer, and automatically you get like the highest ticket. Like, humu humu nuku nuku apua'a, and all of a sudden, yeah. like,
0: wow, you're so, here's a thousand dollars. I
1: feel compelled to write you a check right now, exactly. hobby. <laughs> it's just just. <laughs> the sensory acuity of reading your your the person in front of you yeah are they talkative are they are they open to uh, I, like in a, a conversation if they if they want it to be transactional I'll, I'll let it be transactional if they right. don't want to like
0: M- no must no fuss yeah exactly
1: right. no no fluff right but you you read that person and then based off of that you uh
0: you you act on it I yeah. Mean. So I think that's a pretty quick and simple breakdown, right? On the phone, in the home with the estimate, and then in the home for a work order looking for upsells, doing that inspection, Mm -hmm. right? And having a history is nice, too, uh, if, if you can impress Mrs. Jones with, hey... We've been servicing your property for the last four years. Looks like we did this a few years ago. We could do those again. Uh, Mm -hmm. We didn't do it last year. We did regular cleaning, but not protectant. We, you know what I mean. If you have that history, they're just like, "Whoa, you are my guy!" Impressive. Yeah. And
1: it's like they think you remembered all this, but it's truly your CRM, not your. They don't even care. Yeah.
0: They know what's in your system now. Yeah. Like nobody's ignorant to a database at this point, except Mrs. Sally May, who's ninety-eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Miss Sally May. Yep. Yeah, Miss Sally May. <laughs> Very good. All right. Yeah. Well, Javi, you know, we'll sure we'll have you back. We could talk about this forever. I know. But we. I just kind of want to do a whitewash on those three uh, environments with some of the things that we've heard over the years yeah. and some things we know that are effective. And, you know, I've been... Javi, how, how long have you been a sales guy? Did you do sales before this I very much? I did sales before, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I've been doing sales ever since I was a kid, right? Like I was like selling my oh, parents always. on of course. why I should go to bed in right. five minutes versus right When's now. When was the
0: first time you got a check for selling somebody something? Um,
1: I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. I used my birthday money to buy a lawnmower and I started-, started Selling lawns yeah, And I hired service. the kids around and the younger kids and they did all the- the tossing of the grass and all that stuff I did the the pushing of the of the mower and yeah I was 13 years old 12 years old but uh, then again like when I was like 19 20 years old yep. Yeah. yeah other gigs
0: I did a guitar center stint first
1: for for sales mm-hmm. like commission and things mm-hmm. like
0: that yeah and I was there for like a year and then got promoted up into the pro audio gear. So I was selling the consoles and yeah, the two inch
1: cool for all that stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so they gave me some chops there and then uh door to door for Ooh, a promotion. That's hard, business man. to business, door to door. So running around San Francisco, high rises, trying not to get caught with security, knocking oh, on doors a- and selling, <laughs> dude, you want to talk that's about a, r- a game? It's a rush. Oh, it's so great. It's that. That was the funnest thing. It wasn't going into areas where you know, just knocking on doors and talking to those business people. That was fine. But making the sale in under three minutes because you know the security guards probably following you. Because every once in a while there'll be somebody who calls up. There's a solicitor in the building, right? (laughs) And so, but he's got a he's got a lag on you. Yeah. And so you got to change it up. You like go up three floors and down five floors and up seven floors. You like hit three people. Oh man. Freaking Dang. great! So, so that was like a pressure cooker. I like challenge. I was, I was just bored as crap. So, I would challenge myself on how quickly I could make those promotional sales. There were a ticket of six, It was like a sheet of six tickets, uh, thirty six bucks for the sheet. It was a promotion for something like paintball or a cruise, or where the tickets would normally be, let's say twenty or thirty bucks a piece. Anyway,
2: hmm.
0: so it's a huge deal. Right. And so you could sell these things pretty quickly, assuming they're legit, right? Yeah. To the individual, and then they could like give them out as to their employees. To their employees. Or yeah. And so it's just, and if they had mad money laying around, or they they had to control the checkbook, you know, they'll take ten sheets sometime at a exactly. pop.
1: You just got to talk to the right person.
0: Yeah. And so anyway, so that that was fun. And then cutco cutlery, you know about Ooh, cutlery, yeah, Co- cutco? Yeah, I did door to door. That's B to C. Yeah. So knocking on consumer doors. Yeah,
1: Actually, the the first time I, uh, i think i was like 15 years old when when somebody came over to our house and sold us caco man yeah uh,
0: three hundred dollars knives door to door
1: my parents spent a lot more than that like yeah. it, we we they still have it till this day
0: do they yeah it's,
1: it's crazy but uh uh that is that's some that's some hardcore stuff if you can do if you can do door to door you could
0: uh oh i hated you, it
1: you you appreciate like
0: yeah what it takes you yeah i do that maybe for six or eight months or something like that and then uh i did one more straight up sales which was uh telemarketing Mm. and i did that for about four months what company it was a window installation company oh so it's just like and it was auto bot auto dialer there was zero soul in it it was all numbers Wow. And I, you know, I came in the first week. I was crushing it and I was just like, I hate this. And they're like, "Do not go." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I'm out." But, you know, as a business owner having that sales experience and sales background, like I was a, for a decade, I was the only salesperson per- at Service Monster. Yeah. Right? Um maybe not quite that long, 8 8 years. Wow. Uh but uh th- that experience is major as a business owner. So if you're still early in your career and you don't have a lot of sales chops, man, you're going to learn by fire. Yeah. You've got to have them. You've got to have them. You've got to develop the skill or you need a partner that has it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Don't solve anything. Hope we brought you some value today, but that wraps up this episode of the Service Monster podcast. Uh, catch us on all of your podcast channels. And until next time, be safe.
2: The only thing I want to... What is going on here? Yeah. Only thing I want to add is, first off, anytime someone mentions the door-to-door salesman, all I can think of is uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Right. When he's selling the Tupperware. (laughs) And he just backs up over it, and it just explodes, and he just peels out to get out of there. And when you're kind of ducking and diving through those businesses were you playing the mission impossible theme? Oh, hell yeah <laughs> Dude, <laughs>
0: we didn't have ipods yet <laughs> right so, so i yourself? couldn't have my own oh it would have been so much more fun <laughs> if i had portable music
2: oh that would have been amazing
0: yeah yeah no it would have been like the boom box
2: over the shoulder oh yeah, yeah. right o- old school late 80s early 90s guy that's right all right yeah yeah fun times <laughs>
0: But uh, the after party here, going yes. back to our mission of weight loss. How are you doing, Adam?
2: So I've only lost one pound so far. Okay. But um, the, the weigh-in, it's one of the heaviest I've ever, ever been. There was one other time in my life. It was super dark period, which is actually kind of similar to what happened this time. Um, death in the family kind of affected me negatively, mm. and food was always kind of my thing. And yeah. then, you know, now I'm here, and um, I used to be a lot more active at my previous job. And so, it's just one of those things you don't really realize it, but 300, you know, calories, you know, give or take a day, that adds up pretty quickly if you don't change your diet over the course of a year. You've you lie, you You're like me, you gotta be
0: right, well, just like the whole bag.
2: Well, probably, yeah. yeah
0: okay, because <laughs> that's what every that's what we it's closet. Like nobody talks about this shit. Yeah. Even comedians like they'll they'll skirt on it. Right. But you know what? My wife and I, and so I know it's because it's my wife and I, I know it's not a phenomenon. It's just shit that nobody talks about. Like, it's a bloodbath. Yep. When it's like, let's have dessert tonight, babe, it means I'm going to pick up a couple choices from the store, and there'll be
2: nothing left in the morning, and we'll feel like shit. Right. Like, like you can make any pizza, personal pizza. And oh, just, hell yeah. Yeah, just, uh.
0: yeah. Oh, my son and I will <laughs> will occasionally split a couple pizzas. We'll each have a whole pizza.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah, me and my 19-year-old. No, that, that's exactly it. Like, food was always – everyone has their vice, right? Yeah. Everyone has some sort of vice. And for me, it was always food. Like, that was that thing. And the hardest thing about it, when that's your vice, right, is that you can't really stop eating. Like, if, it, if your vice is smoking, right. it's difficult. <laughs> but you can survive without a cigarette. That's right. Though some of you probably maybe don't feel that way when you're quitting. But um, – you can't just stop eating. And so there's really kind of some kind of psychological things you have to do. And yep. there's, like you said, like there are some different diet things that you can do to help uh, yourself. Well,
0: that's interesting because it brings up the topic directly that I wanted to touch on. Um, just real briefly, my way in. I have done jack crap with the death of my father-in-law and putting her house back together. I have not yet officially started my journey. I'm still eating crap. Now, I'm not shoving my face full of food. It's just... My calorie intake right now, I'm not monitoring. I'm not doing anything right. that I need to be doing. That being said, I still lost three pounds um, just because I'm not gorging.
2: Probably stress were anything with all this this last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, know, stress doesn't affect me that way. I just bite my nails. That's
0: about it. <laughs> and that's just all the time because I got so many plates. Right. But the thing I wanted to touch on and coming back to what you were saying about um, mentality and habits, there's a very interesting thing that happens in the flora and fauna in your gut. And I picture it like a war. Picture it like Game of Thrones. There are a handful of factions. And they're all fighting for resources. There are trillions of bacteria. And there are dozens upon dozens upon dozens of different species of bacteria. Each of those bacteria eat and produce different things. Thank you. When you eat sugar, for instance, uh, let's say the Lannisters swell in numbers. They get a lot bigger. And they start to starve out some of the other families. That's not good. And what happens when you stop eating sugar, and you can check this out. I've read multiple studies on this. In my analogy here, the Lannisters... Will start producing hormones, which will directly influence your cravings and behavior. Let me state that more plainly. The bacteria in your gut have mind control over you. And day one, it's pretty simple. You're like, I'm going to start a diet. Here we go. Day one's pretty easy, man. I did pretty good. I feel pretty good. Lay your head in that pillow and it's all good. Day two, you go, oh, I candy bar. Wait. Nope. Nope, I got this. I got that oh, hamburger. Nope, I got I got this. Day two, not a big deal. Day three, you're like, shit, I already ate something, and I didn't really think about the fact that I shouldn't have been eating it. I forgot I was good over the last, oh, my day's ruined. Fuck it. Let's go get some ice cream. Yep. <laughs> and so that's how they get you. So in order to give yourself the best chance of success, the first thing that I've learned to do going on this journey multiple times uh, is you have to reboot your gut. It It gives you an immense edge. You've got to get the healthy bacteria in your gut that like the good stuff to win the war and starve out. Like, who's, who wins the war, Joe? Whoever you feed, man. You stop giving sugar and refined carbohydrates to the Lannisters, and they'll scream and yell. And for two weeks, you'll get headaches. You'll won't feel good. You your your uh, your energy levels will actually go down. Um, And your cravings, especially between, like, let's say day five and day seven or eight, are ridiculous. It's total manipulation. And you're trying to out-con yourself. You're driving around like, I'll just pull off on this fast food. Oh, wait, no, I shouldn't do it. But it's okay. You know, just this one. And, like, you'll rationalize the crap out of it. That's the bacteria playing with your mind. So if you can get past that couple-week period and reboot your gut, and there's a handful of ways you can do this, right? You can just – you have to stop, like, taking in – the sugar and the and the refined carbohydrates completely 100%. You go to meats, you go to nuts, you go to veg, you go, you know, very little fruit, if any. You do that for two weeks to three weeks, and that will help reboot. And then on top, on the downside of that, you start rebuilding with things like yogurt or, you know, sauerkraut or kefir. If you're really in the know, you can make kefir. Kefir is amazing. It's a fermented milk. Right. Yeah. Yeah so i don't um, like that i know that i don't know why i know that. (laughs) you don't like that you know that (laughs) i'm a farm guy so i know that right (laughs) we've made our own kefir um so so that's the short version of kind of just what i wanted to touch on is that you know you want to give yourself a big chance of success understand what goes on your body and the war that goes on you're a whole ecosystem for trillions of other organisms and sometimes they want shit to stay the same yeah Give me that sugar. That's good stuff. The Lannisters are rich. Right. And so, anyway, that's that was felt, folded in perfectly to kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I need to get my gut reboot phase.
2: And I think, too, like the when we first talked about when we first uh, mentioned this in the B roll, it's the simplest thing, but it's really difficult. And this is one reason why. Um, you also just have the fact that it's, Habitual, like you've been making the same foods, doing the same thing. Maybe uh, all of your lunch, you're going out to whatever McDonald's or circumstance. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: and and that's a great point, too. So setting up a game plan, I think, is important. And even um, not only allowing failure, but also allowing micro failure. Don't allow one failure to ruin the day and give you an excuse to binge that night. Right. Just be like, okay, well, damn. I had that cheeseburger or I, I I, went and got a box of Swiss rolls or whatever it is. Right. Right. So, buck 28, dude, like for a whole box. Come on. <laughs> Why do you think they sell them by the truckload? Uh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Talk about a product that makes its money on scale and nobody talks about it. Yeah. So, all of that stuff. Little
2: Debbie is the devil. Um, yeah. No, I, I that's. Totally, it. The other thing that I do is um, tracking my calories, and that one's a little bit harder. It's easier now with all the apps. You have to, yeah. Like that's outside of everything else. There's, what do you use? Uh, my Fitness Pal. Yeah, that's the
0: one I use too. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. My Fitness Pal. It's free. Go get it. Track your calories. If you're a standard grown man, you'll be around twenty five hundred. You want to stay under two thousand if you really
2: want to hit it hard. I would highly recommend to um, buy a. Food scale. They're relatively inexpensive. Good. Yes. But um, now you're getting hardcore. Yeah. Usually it, I wait a couple weeks to start it, talking about scales. It seems hardcore, but man, you, you visit enough weightlifting forums, you, oh, see, you see what they're doing. I and, do meal prep. Yeah, yeah. no, I get it. it. It actually becomes pretty easy in the process. And it's funny saying that now, but I've been in much better shape in my life. I know you have too. And so it's one of those things that you have to get back on that. And I think just to kind of end this, I guess, is. Your big thing—you've mentioned this many times—is sometimes you can't focus too much on all of this. You need to have that plan. You need to follow through with it. But the biggest thing is just taking that first step. Like you just gotta—you might you might fall, you might stumble a little bit. You gotta take that first step and don't let any bad days, you know, any slow momentum stop you. Like That's keep, right. Keep moving forward.
0: I so. think there's there's a couple different barriers, but there's a breakthrough point too. Yep. Um, and I've witnessed it because I've you know I've been humbled enough to be the inspiration for a handful of pe- other people's journeys and their breakthrough and watching them go through this. Um, you know, the first step's always the hardest, uh, convince yourself to do it. Um, but it's not the hardest, hardest, cause lots of people start diets. Right. And what you need to do is you need to overall change your mentality and, you know, um, your habits, uh, how you think about food, your relationship with food, um, And then you really should define what your goals are, but not necessarily give yourself a timetable. I have a freakish physiology. When I'm on point, I will lose 0.8 pounds a day. And I will maintain that pulse for two months. Easy. And, you know, I'll be at 2,000 calories, but it's what I eat. And it's also, you know, exercise is going to be 15% of it. Diet is 85% of it. I mean, you could literally get what I would call skinny fat, Uh, with just diet alone, where you're no longer fat, where your clothes look decent and you're good. Now, you're not strong and you're kind of flabby and squishy, right? Uh, You you might not have a strong core that you would because the human body needs to be exercised. Right, It needs to be, you know, worked out. It's made to run for crying out loud. I'd say that most of that ties
2: into health. Yes. Um. The weight loss itself is one part of that. But yes. exactly, like, like health is a lot of things. It's flexibility, it's strength. It's all of that tied is together.
0: Totally, totally. And then also health about weight loss. I think our um our culture is wrong, right? We are we have an obese culture, but we also have a culture who idealizes um unattainable beauty. Like you look at the fitness covers and those dudes that are super ripped. They don't drink water for like six. Hours to twelve hours before those shoots, like they starve themselves to death for three to four days before
2: those shoots, so they can get the absolute leanest they can get before the pictures. It's the reason why everyone kind of feels like they look better in the mornings than they do at night because they're dehydrated.
0: Yeah, that's all it is. That's right. And so you know, uh, you know, where the human male body is most healthy is somewhere between eight and twelve percent body fat, and you're not seeing your six pack at that stage you, you look good on the beach but you you got the role right um but that's the most healthy male human body we idealize you know bodybuilders and weightlifters and some of, a lot of those guys especially super shredded are as unhealthy as super obese people and they will have very similar problems later in life especially if they maintain that level of obsession which right? which you can totally get into i've been you know i've been hooked into it before i know so um, I mean, I've never used drugs or anything. I don't want to, you know, make people you know, think that I've never shot steroids or, you know. But I have been obsessed with my health, and it's it's a good place to be. But obsession is obsession. So that's right. Addiction is addiction. Yeah, you replace your food addiction with lifting addiction. Congratulations, you're still an addict. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so you know, there it goes into that. But yes, the first step is is I wouldn't say the hardest because it's the most frequent, but it's definitely difficult because you're setting yourself up to, I will. But in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, but I really like cookies. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, uh, you you get into it. You get those bacteria then whispering to you. That's where shit gets real in that second week, third week. Now, one of two ways. You start seeing results. You get excited. You keep up the momentum. You use that to drive you. Everything works out, and eventually you're golden. And then you know, are is it sticky? Is it gonna last? Uh, and then the other ways you don't see results right away, and that's when ton, that's when tons of people give up. Like I've been giving up all this stuff for the last freaking three weeks, and the results I'm seeing aren't there. Now, I have a hard time believing these stories, to be honest. And
2: that's where the calorie tracking, the like the the uh... All of that comes into play because sometimes you're eating more than you think. You will fool yourself. Yep,
0: all the time, and so really, I have a really like my metabolism. Like I have a thyroid problem. I take a pill. Yeah, it could play. It's like a few hundred calories, man. Come on, it's not really like the big the big shift. And then what you eat too, right? That's what these apps are going to help with as well. Your micronutrient levels. As you start to play, and we'll talk about this in later episodes, your balances between your fats, your proteins, and your carbohydrates, super important. Get your carbs low. You get two sources of carbs, rice and uh, uh, sweet potato. That's it. That's it. You can stick to that for your carbs. Like, all you have to do is that and drink water. Drink nothing else but water and get carbs only from sweet potatoes and rice. If you just do that, you're golden. Yeah. No sugar, no refined you know, and then you'll realize, well, shit, this grocery store is only twenty percent of its size now, because I can only shop in that fresh fruit, produce, and meat. Yep, <laughs> that's that's all I can do.
2: Yeah. That's right. Also, definitely look at different ways to cook those things because you also don't want to go into, okay, I'm going to have chicken and rice every meal for the next three weeks. Yeah. Bland, and I'm never going to go it. off of that. Right. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, please not again. Right. Yeah. Like you have to be realistic about it.
0: Or doing the other way, I'm going to have chicken and rice every
2: night. Joe said so. And six gallons of teriyaki sauce. Yeah. Don't, don't. <laughs> Don't drop the high high fructose corn syrup, <laughs> corn syrup stuff on there either. Yeah, uh,
0: so. so you got to be careful with that. Anyways, we, we just keep going and going and going. But what I wanted to focus on, what you brought in, uh, good into the intention here, is that you know that first couple steps, micronutrient, the gut rebuild. Go look up at those bacteria that can control your mind. It's a real deal. So,
2: do we have anyone else who's hopping in on this? Um, like maybe on Facebook or anything? Anyone else? Maybe we can kind of bring on this journey with us I
0: have, hey if you guys happen to be li- still listening <laughs> uh and and you want to help participate in this like hit me up we can even i don't know we'll make a group or something yeah. if there's any interest if it's just you and i you know it'll, it'll be interest in three months when we are like right. skinny us sitting at the table they're like "What happened to those two guys
2: <laughs> justin what kind of camera tricks are you using <laughs> Gradually, over time, I shrank them down. Well, you got a really wide lens, and that's right. You... <laughs> Change the
1: ISO.
2: So. <laughs> yeah. Very good. All right, gentlemen. Well,
0: hey, if you're uh, if you're on this journey, if you're listening, if you find this of value, give us a shout out. Um, I, I I'm not quite on my ready for my gut rebuild yet, <laughs> to be honest. Not because I'm not willing to go on the journey. But the things I got going on in my family life preclude it. This is another thing. I guess we can tell just one more segment. Having ways to fail. Like I have escape hatches and I'll share those like where it can be a cheat, but it's not going to affect you. not going to hit your metabolism. It's not going to hit your – but it gives you a little like, oh, okay, I can get on, right? I can can keep moving forward that craving just hits her or whatever. Yeah. Even, even in a pinch, like, shit, we didn't take the meat out. Like, it's already late. There was no dinner. Crap, I got to feed the family. Okay, and then what do you do in order to restrain yourself without just falling back on, let's just go to Little Caesars and get a pizza because it's cheap and it feeds everybody right away. Yeah. And then meal prep, I'm sure we'll talk about that too. Yes. Anyways, let us know, guys. Be safe. Take care.